You're listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. Interference Archive is a social space, exhibition venue, and OpenStax archive of social movement materials. Our work is rooted in the belief that our shared histories should be held in common and accessible to all. Leela Corman is an illustrator and comic book artist based in Gainesville, Florida. Her 2012 graphic novel, Unterzaken, is about twin sisters growing up in the Russian Jewish neighborhood of the Lower East Side at the turn of the last century. Unterzaken means under things, or underwear in Yiddish. And the comic is as much about sexuality and femininity in the early 20th century as it is about the things women had to keep hidden in order to survive. Lonnie Hanna sat down with Corman in February to discuss the book. In your new graphic novel, Unterzaken, the story of Esther and Fania wrestles with the plight of women who have no choice or limited choice um, when it comes to decisions about abortion and life direction. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you might relate to this historical perspective to contemporary movements to restrict choice in women's reproductive health? Well, when I had the initial idea for the book, it was 2003, mm-hmm. and I was so disgusted with the discourse around women's reproductive health and abortion rights and, and other reproductive issues. It did come from that, but I have to say since the book has come out, it's gotten even worse, which is really surprising. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised that things could get worse like that, like that that particular discourse could get even more horrible mm-hmm. than it has. So I think that it's directly relatable. Uh, and I think that if we make the mistake of thinking that we are free from the, from this debate, which I don't think anybody would now. I think a decade, decade and a half ago, one one could have thought that, maybe. Mm-hmm. It would still have been a mistake. But I really wanted to talk about the results of not having a choice, which are gruesome for women. And And, you know, we can talk about being a woman in the United States in 2016 and the choices you do or don't have, which will differ depending on where you live. Like if you live in Texas, your access to any kind of reproductive health uh, treatment, whether it's prenatal care, pap smear, abortion, whatever, will be severely restricted at this point. If you're in New York City, that's not the case. But I think it's important to think about women globally in this issue, even though this book is very New York-centric and very American, you know, this might be one of the only places where it isn't a huge issue. I went to college in Boston, and my Planned Parenthood was the one that um, that guy shot up. Actually, I think a week after I had been there, and the day that my best friend had an appointment. I think that she arrived to find police tape everywhere. Thank God she wasn't there. But, you know, there was a guy who used to stand outside of it screaming at women, and, like, I wanted to go up to him and just describe in minute detail what a pelvic exam is. And this is what I'm going in for. They're going to stick a speculum in my vagina and crank it open and look inside me where it's dark, wet, and terrifying <laughs> for the likes of you. You've you probably never seen one. But <laughs> it's, for some reason, it's a place you hate the most. <laughs> <laughs> and yet want, want to control. Yeah. yeah, it felt to me like I mean, it, when I, the reason I asked this question is that it felt to me like a contemporary critique, but it, it is know, like very much, you know, fascinatingly placed in this historical context. 
I think most people who work with historical material in fiction will tell you, or also speculative fiction too, anyone who works that way would probably tell you that they're really talking about the now, right? The artist Kara Walker talks about that. I'm not going to try to paraphrase her. She's much smarter than me. But she talks about how she's really talking about us now, even though her visual material is, is the past. It's the 19th century. But I really wanted people to understand what the past was. This is what, I mean, at its base level, this is what happens when women have to use a, court, a coat hanger mm -hmm. when they need an abortion yeah, or drink poison. Yeah. And it's very, I mean, this, the first scene where the woman's hemorrhaging on the street is very, like, graphically illustrative <laughs> of what can go wrong, you know? Like, it's, a, it's an interesting and I think a really poignant entry point. I'm glad you think that. Because sometimes I worry about my tendency to not pull any punches visually. Mm -hmm. I, um, I really don't believe in hiding. I, I like subtle storytelling and I try to do it as much as I can, but sometimes you need to hit people. Mm -hmm. So it's obvious that this book is a result of a lot of research about the Lower East Side and the communities that lived there in the early 1900s. Yes, it is. Um, is it some, is that an, did, was that research you did during the process of illustrating it, or did you um, kind of have like a foundational research understanding of that community? I did tons of research before I, I really wrote it. I had to bolster myself first before I could even start. So I showed up at, at the Lower East Side Tenement Museum so many times the docents started to recognize me. And I, I also was thinking a lot about Myla Goldberg, some, a piece of advice she gave me. She's a novelist. She said, when in doubt, make shit up. Some of it's just visual research. And, you know, there was stuff I couldn't find evidence of that I needed, and then I had to ad-lib. Mm -hmm. what, what a nice advice, when in doubt, make shit up. And that's such a beautiful liberty of yeah. storytelling, right? Gilbert Hernandez also, I, I remember reading his letters column years and years ago, and uh, maybe it was in an interview, he was saying that uh, people would contact him and say, oh, Palomar is just like my hometown in Chile, or Palomar is just like my hometown in Mexico. And he said something like, again, I'm going to paraphrase really badly, but he said something like, you know, that's great because I just am making this stuff up. But, you you know, it's not just fantasizing stuff. That's not the same. It, it, it comes from an informed place. It's more like you have to build yourself some little bridges to tell your story. And then sometimes you find out that, that you weren't wrong. This is The two main characters are twin sisters, and their paths diverge, but not really as far apart as they might think. Um, and they both have really strained, albeit really different, relationships with their mother, which I think is a, one of the more subtle, subtle storylines of the book, is their relationship with their mother. Can you tell me why you wrote the mother's character as complex as you did? Because on the one hand, she's really traditionally conservative, and, and like kind of like embeds that into them, and has no relationship with them because of it, um, and as adults. And then, on the other hand, she's very, like, sexually open, or at least has that reputation within the community. I can't tell you exactly why I made all the choices I did. It seemed right to have them have a mother who was just not very loving. But I sort of feel like... what I, I realized as I was working on it that having characters who were twins allowed me to explore um, divergent aspects of, of one personality. Mm -hmm. You know, like... 
Fanya and Esther are both a lot like me in some ways, and so I could take qualities of my own and, and split them up and put them into separate people. And I think that's sort of true with their relationship with their mother as well, where I think Fanya kind of ingests all of that stuff that Minna's feeding her in this really fucked up way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was writing them as damaged individuals, mm-hmm. right? Their damage just expresses itself in different ways. And for Esther, it's a kind of real toughness that no one sees, because no one guesses that the glamorous woman is the tough one. And and for Fanya, Fanya's the one you expect to be tough, and she's not. Cause I'm the last of the red hot mamas. They've all cooled down but me. Flap of them. Dela Corman's Unterzaken can be seen in the current exhibit at Interference Archive, Our Comics Ourselves, which runs until April 17th. With audio interference, I'm Brooke Schumann. Now it may be snowing, but when I get going, oh baby, I'm hot. You've been listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. The archive is collectively run and volunteer-powered. If you like what you heard today, consider making a donation to help keep the archive up and running. Just go to interferencearchive.org and click on Donate. From all of us at Audio Interference, thanks for listening. I don't pet and only neck em. No, sir, I'm one